Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Hang Time Podcast. Your host, Sekou Smith, here in Atlanta, getting ready for the playoff portion of the NBA restart in Orlando. Today's show, we are spending a little quality time with a good friend of mine, my, my main man, my brother, Mark Spears, senior NBA writer for The Undefeated, who has been in the bubble from the start. He's been down there for quite some time, and he's going to be doing the whole thing, the entire duration of the NBA restart at Walt Disney World in Orlando. So steal a little bit of his time talking about what he's seen, kind of his experience so far in the bubble. As I mentioned, I'll be joining him and the rest of the media contingent and the teams at the end of this month. So it'll be interesting to to not only get his perspective, but get some pointers maybe too about what I need to do to get myself prepared for it. But check out this conversation. with NBA senior writer for the undefeated Mark Spears right here on Hangtop Podcast. My guy, Mark Spears, in the bubble. You've been you've been there for so long, uh, I forgot <laughs> what you look like when you're not in the bubble. I'm still handsome. <laughs> that ain't changed, bro. I'm still handsome. How has it been trying to exist in that space? A lot of it is mental. And I'm just talking about it from a personal standpoint because you know, I'm preparing you because <laughs> word on the street is you coming here too, man. And I think before you come here, you know, you need to use my notes and like what, <laughs> what you do because if you don't come mentally prepared and have the things that make you happy, you could go crazy. Yeah. And what I yeah. mean by that is like, you know, there is not a restaurant right now. Like things seem to be improving every week. There's not a restaurant we could go to. There's not a bar we could go to. So once you leave the arena, once you leave the practices, it's like, okay, what do you do? I have been enjoying the gym, being able to go to a gym because that hasn't been the case in the Bay Area. But that's about it. (laughs) I mean, we can only walk. But so far, there's this restaurant that's like 50 yards away from my room that I see like players walking in and out of, but we can't go there. Oh, wow. You know, because there's just some limitations here. And it's, it's, you know, certainly pro players here. So I, in my room, I got a wine fridge. You know, I love wine. Right. You know, drink responsibly. <laughs> I like my food to be a little crispy. And the food we get, it's not by order. It's just like, what's mama cooking today? You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> like, like when we were kids, or you go to, when you went to high school, you went to the cafeteria. Uh, today's uh, meat and potato day. You know, my mom got me a toaster oven and I 
put a chicken in the toaster oven to get a little bit more crispier like I like it, you know. I make my own coffee every morning. So if you're a coffee dude, come knock on my door, man. I make, I grind my own beans, make my own coffee. The coffee here is okay, but so, but I'm saying all this to say, like, I want it to feel as normal as possible, man. I, I don't, I could complain about the bar. I could complain about the coffee, but why don't I control it myself? So that isn't something, you know, and, and you also have to have a routine, which, you know, DeAndre Ayton has found out is, man, I get up in the morning, say, cool. You have to um, take your temperature. You have to get put this thing to get your oxygen. And as soon as I do that, before I get my breakfast, I go get my COVID test. I knock it out. I get it out the way. I, I've seen like people going crazy before the days of like, man, I ain't take my COVID test yet. And they're about to close. Like I just kind of keep a routine and it's hot. And I ain't being from the Bay living by the water. I ain't used to all this hot. So <laughs> I just got to, you know, kind of do a lot of mental things. And like, I know this is a long answer, but like me, Chris Haynes and Gary Washburn, and I'm taking you when you come, we went fishing. Like we could go fishing for free. Right. So we just basically schedule every Sunday we're going to go fishing. Mm -hmm. Haynes don't fish. He just like sitting on the boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so it's like little things. You could go crazy just sitting here all day. Right. And I know you, you're a hermit, man. You, I got to get you out of your room. <laughs> but like you can only write so many stories. You can only talk so much on podcasts and on the radio and on TV. Right. You got to do stuff mentally, especially for me, somebody that expected to be here for like three and a half months you got to do things mentally to keep yourself sane that long grind is is crazy and you and some other media members and the two teams who are going to make it all the way to the end will have stayed for so long but i mean and that brings me to my question about the games um the seeding games have been much better much more competitive much more well-played than I think some people expected them to be. The scores have been high. Defense has been great. But just in your estimation, looking at the teams that have grinded their way to this point as we get closer to the end of the seeding games and head into the playoffs, what stood out to you in terms of the teams you've seen? I, I'm, I'm stunned at the Suns and how well they've yeah. played. That, that, that chase for eight in the West has been everything we hoped it would be. But yeah. what stood out to you in terms of teams and players and, and how well they played or who surprised you, who hasn't, um, what, what sticks out in your mind? I talked to Monty Williams. I just thought it was interesting to talk to him because it was like the Western Conference team that had the least expectations. Like, how do you get their mind right? How do you make them feel like they have a chance when it doesn't look like it? And he kind of just detailed to me just, you know, how it's a business trip. And you're in here, so why, might as well try to make it. And they know that the odds were against them, but there's no pressure. Let, let's try to see what we could do. And now here we are. They're 7-0. and oh. A lot of times, I think, as NBA journalists, you got to listen to your eyes. Mm -hmm. And my eyes were telling me, like, man, like, Phoenix is playing pretty good. Like, I kept saying, <laughs> and those are scrimmages. I'm like, yeah, it's scrimmages. But they're playing pretty good. Yeah. And they won that first game. And they beat the Clippers on that, like, game winner. And... They started rolling. Their schedule got a little easier. They got to take advantage of some people being out. 
and you play who's in front of you. And now they're 7-0 and with a legitimate shot at making it. Now they don't have the tiebreaker. Right. So that's a concern with Memphis. But, I mean, the way Memphis is playing, they could lose again. If Phoenix wins, I think they have a really good shot of, of being in that playing game. And then once you get there, you never know what happens. So the person I'm happiest for is Devin Booker. Yeah. Like, you know, and this is your Michigan boy, man. Like, this dude can go. And our seats are, like, say, cool. Like, when we first started covering the league in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, when we used to be close and sitting at the scores table, that's how these seats are. They're, they're oh, great yeah. seats. Yeah. And I I just been in awe just watching him play and his body control and his, how poised he is. And he's never in a rush. But he's really dangerous. So I've been enjoying watching him. Damon Lillard's uh, been amazing. I talked to him before the game started, and he said, we got to win five. And they're right on pace for that. Now they're they're in control of it. Just seeing their will and their fight, and even when they had a a really tough loss against the Clippers, how they still put themselves in position to make the postseason. Those are the two teams right there that, you know, I've really been impressed with so far. I wasn't surprised, you know, to see Memphis and New Orleans and see their, some of their young guys struggle. Lonzo Ball, you know, hasn't played the way I'm sure he'd want to or, that, you know, the Pelicans would want him to. Jaron Jackson Jr. getting hurt certainly impacted the Grizzlies. Um, so you look at them and say, okay, you know, they go by the wayside potentially because of some of that youth and inexperience. But then I look at Philly. And to have the injury issues they had with Ben Simmons yeah. and Embiid, it's like for some teams, the four and a half months off was kind of an opportunity to come back totally refreshed and with a new lease on the season. And then the other teams, Philly's bad luck or whatever bad juju they have, <laughs> seems like it followed them from, you know, from the first portion of the season to the restart. I mean, how do you assess a team like Philly going into the, the playoff portion of this, knowing that they're going to be hampered like they were all season. I always thought Philly was like, they could win the whole thing or lose in the first round, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're that box of chocolate team. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. Ben's injury was devastating. I was a little worried coming to Orlando that there would be a lot of injuries Yeah, because of the layoff. Um, I think those um, practice games help, but, you know, injuries do happen. so. I think Embiid's okay. They, it appears like they're just kind of resting them for the playoffs, but he's going to have to be sensational. Yeah. Like, who are they going to play right now? You know? As of today. Like um, Indiana? Yeah. And, I mean, it, and it's weird because the teams are bunched up in that area. You figured it could have gone any different way for all of them. Yeah. But matchup-wise, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look like what they were hoping is going to happen. I, I mean, in the East, man, to me, obviously the Bucks are the Bucks. Yeah. Boston is also a team that's just hard to figure out, capable of winning the whole thing or losing in the second round. But to me, the best team in the Eastern Conference is Toronto. They're the champs. They're deep. They're healthy now. They play well together. They kind of remind me of y'all Pistons from the early 2000s in the terms of they have a lot of good players, a lot of guys that could have a big night, but no, like, Alpha dog guys. In a sense, I guess they're all like kind of like chip on their shoulder, 
but we're going to work together to win. And some days Van Vliet's going to be hot. Some days Pascal, who stepped up and become an all-star, is going to be hot. Sometimes it's going to be, you know, Kyle, you know. Um, and then OG has been a surprise. Like Serge, like Gasol, they got so many guys that could do something for you. And all they care about is winning the game. They don't care about the touches. They, they just – and they got a chip on their shoulder. I'm doing a diary with Van Vliet, man, and they certainly got a huge chip on their shoulder. And, and the one thing I also respect to the Raptors is nobody has had a constant social justice message collectively more than they have. Yeah. Like yeah. with every game, they're wearing something. Like they drove up with a Black Lives Matter bus. The Wayne Embry T-shirts were just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just seem like every game they bring in that social justice flavor and yeah. So respect to the Messiah and the Raptors for really being about that. The bubble has been enlightening for individual players. Um, just getting a chance to watch them. Obviously, Bowl Bowl has been stunning to see a guy that size. We didn't get to see him before. But Michael Porter Jr. is a player that I know we've talked about in the past. Um, you know, I've been a fan of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the seeding games, at least, expose a lot of fans to just how much talent is out there. But you you having the history that you do with the Nuggets franchise, knowing where they are, what they put together on that roster in terms of moving forward, I was thinking, like, who has the best trajectory in terms of an up-and-coming team? And Phoenix certainly yeah. – has put themselves in that conversation. But, man, Denver, with this, with the youth and talent on that roster. Size, athleticism. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And Jamal Murray ain't, hasn't been playing. <laughs> exactly. He's coming off of, you know, the, with the rest in his hamstring, whatever. But what's your opinion of a team like Denver going forward, yeah. knowing what they have in terms of age and building blocks for the future? I kind of feel like they're still, like, one year away. And they need a couple more male saps on the team, just kind of veteran guys to show these dudes how to be professionals. And not saying that they're not, but you just kind of need some old heads in there to kind of, hey, man, this is how we do things. And, you know, to learn from and to get their heads right. And they're scary. I'm curious to see how they they build because I thought they were really disappointing in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. thought they had a prime opportunity to make it to the Western Conference Finals, and they blew it. And I didn't really get the sense that they were really upset about it. You know, it was just like, yeah, we, we're proud of ourselves. No, man, like, so when Joker came back and he wasn't in the greatest of shape, I'm like, okay, are these dudes really, really serious about trying to build? Um, he's, in, he's in much better shape now. Yeah. No one's really talking about him because I don't think nobody really trusts him yet. Yeah. They're just so young. And I, I do think that, right, <laughs> you know, you better not take them for granted because there's some young young dudes there that, that are no pressure on them, even with their high number. Yeah. And, and you know how it is in Denver, man. Like, they're just waiting for the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, think about it. They've never been to the NBA Finals. The last time they've been to the finals was at ABA. I'm trying to think of like a way that they're always good, but just not good enough. Yeah. It's like Charlie Brown, man. They go there to get to the football, <laughs> they kick, and then Lucy misses, moves it, and they fall on her butt. You look at the team, they got so much potential, and you're wondering, like, do they stay the course long enough to ride it out? Because you're not even playing with Gary Harris and Will Barton right now. And now they're, they're, you're getting MP 
some confidence. You're getting bold right. confidence. Right. They have a guard, Sekou. I can't even remember the dude's name right now. PJ, I think. Yeah, from South Carolina, yeah. He nice. Yes. And so now they gave him confidence. Mm-hmm. He looked like a dude that used to be a scorer that they converted into a point guard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all right, man, we got to show you how to play point guard now, you know. Right. Here's how to throw the ball into the post. Like, the way he, he throws the ball to the post is, like, real polite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like he just came from a basketball camp. Just real, you know. But what they're doing with this kid, I didn't know who he was. But now he's confident. These other dudes come back. They could play him, and he's not going to be scared. So, Bobo, PJ, MP, you got them dudes coming off your bench. Denver is a scary, scary team right now. And we knew the teams going in that were locked into the playoffs. So, it's, to me, the seeding portion of this mm-hmm. experience hasn't been as much about, you know, the Clippers and, and the Bucks as you mentioned. We know they're in. Their positions are solid. They're going to be fine. Who are the teams that you look at and say, Based on what they've done in these seeding games, based on what you've seen, they have a, a better outlook come playoff time than they did before we started the seeding games. Clippers, they're to be the scariest team in the West. All due respect to the Lakers, they're just they're just deep. Harold's back, so now they're finally whole. I know it's been frustrating to Doc because he hasn't been able to get much practice time with these guys. Is their rhythm going to be good? I actually think they probably should have some hard practices before they get the plane, but now everybody's here. Everybody's healthy. You got two superstars. You got a, a third guy that could score when other guys are down. And you got a bunch of junkyard dogs who run through a wall to win, who don't care. All they care about is winning. Mm-hmm. I really like to make it for the team. You know I love their coach. The Lakers are not easy out by any means. Um, they're certainly capable of winning the whole thing. But I think that they'll be ready and they'll have a little chip on their shoulder. And I think they're a team to keep an eye on. And I mentioned Toronto and the East. They're at whole. They finally got everybody. I'm really curious about the Bucks, man. Just how much does Giannis have to shoulder for them to win? You know, Middleton's probably going to have to have a great playoffs for them to win. Can't just be Giannis. And, you know, certainly Giannis is an MVP candidate of the early bubble action, but he, he can't do it by himself, man. That's right. That's where the Clippers and the Lakers and Toronto have, a, have an advantage is, is more than a two-man band. You know what I mean? Like, Brooke has to play well. Like, they, they have to have a lot of people play well. And they, and they certainly have the talent. But um, I'd like to see a little bit more dog in them, too. Watching the Bucks, your big question becomes, man, does Giannis have to do this much for them to win every night in the playoffs? And I look at a team like Miami, much like those other teams you mentioned, where there's more than one guy who's capable of of having a big night. So it alleviates some of the pressure on their main star, who uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, would be considered Miami's main marquee star. But, you know, you got Bam Adebayo, you got Iguodala, you got Goran Dragic, you got all these other guys. They got shooters, you know, and Duncan Robinson and Harrell who can have big nights. Like, does Milwaukee, are they built for the long haul in, the, in that same vein as some of these other playoff teams. So there, there are question marks going into the playoff portion. I mean, I don't think I there's – I forgot any... Miami, as you mentioned, Miami. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Iguodala and Bam. Like, they, they ain't no punk either. No, no. You got 
I think, you know, and I was telling somebody, Mark, that for all the time that we missed of this NBA season to get it back, it's been such a refresher in terms of just how good of a season it was before it got shut down yeah. on March 11th. Like there was some uncertainty. There was some mystery as to who was going to do what we knew who the best teams were in terms of the standings and the favorites. Yeah. But this has been a really good reminder, Indiana, TJ Warren playing like a maniac. I mean, this has been a really good reminder of just how much talent is out there and the unprecedented nature of the bubble and how you have everybody in one spot. I know that's had, it's had to be intriguing for you covering the league as long as you have to see it all kind of coalesce in this one space. It must be interesting. I'm looking forward to getting down there and seeing it. I wrote a story today on Dr. Leroy Sims. There's a black man that's in charge of this whole thing, Um, in charge of the whole bubble. And and he was just kind of running through to me the stress that he's under. And how he can't touchdown dance right now, despite the fact that there is no positive test. There's still a long way to go. And if they could get through this, it's historical. It's amazing what the NBA has been able to do. And it's been like, you're going to feel honored when you get here to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, to, to say that you actually lived in the bubble. It's weird. It's weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie. It's strange. And it's, but I feel safe, man. I, I like uh, Stefano Fasaro. He covers MLS for ESPN. He uh, he left this morning because the MLS like cup thing is over, right? And so we text back and forth, and he's like, "Man, you be safe." And I'm like, "No, nah, you be safe. You going back to Texas? <laughs> he's going back to Dallas." So I, I kind of feel like when I watch the news, it's scary, man. Just how people aren't taking it serious. How people aren't wearing masks. You have to wear a mask here. I got yelled at because I forgot to put my mask on going on to the bus, to the game. Mm-hmm. Sir, uh... <laughs> I had to run to my room real quick, get right. my mask and come back before the bus left. They're not playing here. It ain't for no negotiation. It ain't no constitutional rights. Yeah. And I hope that by the time I get out of here, like either the America's a lot safer or they got a vaccine because I'm actually scared to leave. Yeah. I heard one team executive was like, who had some health issues, was like begging to go because he knew it was safer here. It's going to be interesting, man. I, look, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there and getting on the boat with you and G-Wash and Chris so we can – I haven't been fishing since I was like nine, so you yeah. know, I'm going to see what my skills look like. But I appreciate your time, and I know you know you hustling, doing your thing. Um, oh, don't forget the book. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. The book was spent to – Haywood that you and G Wash did and we're going to talk to him you know closer to the, the release date of the book man but I know that was a, a labor of love for you guys um, it's yeah. fantastic I read it cover to cover already you did? oh yeah I got an advanced copy dude you listen you read it? what do you think man? It was, it was awesome for me you know my connections with my wife being from Mississippi and me going to college there so some of the references in there were very interesting to read just the historical context or by him eating roadkill yeah, knowing everybody's roots, you know, if you Mr. Booty Face, you remember Mr. <laughs> Booty Face? You could tell who wrote the first portion of the book and who wrote the latter portion, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But it's the other parts about it too. The the thing that struck me too, him talking about his mother still going to work after he'd made it in the league and you know in the cotton field. Yeah, going still going out there and that that mentality that she didn't want to leave and be separate from the people she'd grown up with and, and worked and toiled with like that. It was just, it was stunning to read. And I'm honored you read it, man. 
fantastic stuff. The Haywood Rules, man. Get it on Amazon now. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk to Spencer here on the Hangtime Podcast as we get closer to October. Um, but your, your stuff, as always, Mark, has been fantastic. You know that. Um, Thanks, brother. Senior writer, NBA writer for the undefeated, Mark Spears, man. Well, I say, brother, you know, me, me and you family. This time last year, we, you know, we out in California for the, for the festivities. You had so many weddings, your California wedding. Um, you know, you did it crazy with the multiple weddings. And <laughs> but to be out there a year ago this time and now, this September, we're going to be in the bubble covering, you know, covering a, a historic NBA playoffs and finals, man. I'm looking forward to it. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to do it alongside anybody else. Well, make sure you hit me so I could tip you up on what you need and yeah. where to mail it. But you, you got it. Trust me, you got to get what makes you happy sent here before you. And if you in quarantine, I'll try to send you some bags of good stuff. No doubt, man. Appreciate you as always. And uh, we'll talk. Stay safe down there in the in the bubble, bro. <laughs> no, you stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, brother. Love you. Appreciate you. All right, man. Love you, brother. Can't say thank you enough to uh, Mark Spears for joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Great stuff from him as always. Great insights about what's going on down there uh, in Orlando. As I mentioned, Mark is the uh, senior NBA writer for The Undefeated. And The Undefeated is ESPN's content platform exploring the intersection of sports, race, and culture. What an unbelievable time to have Mark in that bubble with the social justice messages that the players are delivering on a regular basis. The perfect guy to bring us some of that content. Go to www.theundefeated.com to read Mark's stories about the NBA and all that's going on in the bubble. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be heading down to Orlando here at the end of the month. So we're going to be bringing you content frequently here on Hangtime, talking to the people in the bubble that are there covering the games, calling the games, everything. Lots of new, fresh content for you to keep up to date with on what's going on in the Orlando bubble and the NBA restart. There will be a champion crown and we'll be there for every step of it down the stretch here on the Hangtime Podcast. So we appreciate you joining us. For all the folks here at Hangtime putting in the work, we thank you for, for rolling with us and we'll see you next time.